are two of my favorite guys, and I, th I have been looking forward to this for over, well, I'd say months now, to be honest with you. And uh, this is going to be a great, great conversation we're going to have with two of my favorite guys. And again, <laughs> I got it first, George, before we get started, right? Is that a is that a COVID beard that you're rocking and a COVID hairdo, or is this something going to be permanent? <laughs> I haven't been able to get my hair cut in like <laughs> months, so it's just, it's just grown out. How come you with it? Oh, I tell you what, I thought you know what, my wife watched your interview with David Naylor, and she said, "Oh my God, she he's going to break every heart in Ottawa." And I said, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, but Jeff, look at his future. <laughs> <laughs> Just go get hey, just stay with it while you can, Georgie. Stay just with wish it while you luck. can. Yeah, wish hey, you luck. hey I, I'm gonna wish you luck on a lot of things, but I'll, thank you so much, first of all, for coming on. And I want you to understand, I, I told your dad this the other day. Dave Naylor mm -hmm. is probably one of the four most influential journalists at TSN, which is you know, the, the Canadian version of ESPN and the you know, our sports or Canadian Canada sports show and you are the first U sport athlete and I would say probably the first athlete high school athlete that I have ever heard Dave Naylor interview and so for you to get on his to be interviewed by Dave Naylor I was like shaking my head I said that is awesome <laughs> I, obviously it's awesome for you but for you know <clears throat> Canadian college football and and for the academy and every kid that's out there dreaming that same dream that you've dreamed, dreamt, I'm sorry, you dreamt for so very long. I, and you did a great job. So congratulations. Thank you, coach. And yeah, I just think it's like, it's all been really amazing for me. Like just great experience, the whole recruitment. It's like, well, obviously something I've never experienced before. And then just getting to the point where I've signed my national letter of intent and committed to the school. It's just, everything's just been amazing. The coaches have been really helpful. I just can't wait to get started now. I just can't wait to get out there and get to work. All right. So what I want to do this in this, in this half hour that we got you. I want to unpack the process. I want to unpack the, the, the journey that you've been on. Because I can remember when I first met you, you could barely grip the ball much less throw it right <laughs> you were you know and and you're playing with that little flag ball that One the nfl used to, yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's that's the guy who now all of a sudden you you are the first now do you realize this i want i'm i'm gonna tell you you are the first brit ball quarterback ever to go to north america on athletic scholarship there have been others who have gone you're the first whoever has been on scholarship and I'm telling you, what an accomplishment for a skinny kid at five-on-five -five football <laughs> with the London Exiles, or excuse me, the Kent Exiles. When did you think that you could do this for the first time? When did you really want to do it for the first time? I think it's always been in the back of my mind. Like, I've always had that ambition to go to the next level. But when I was playing with the Kent Exiles, I just noticed that my competitiveness, every game, whether it was a friendly or just practice, it was always like I had to win. And I think I sort of took that mentality and just moved it up the levels. Like wherever I was, I wanted to go to the next level and try to win something, going to a Great Britain national team and then to the academy. It's always been that next step. And I think once I got to thinking about the academy and moving there, 
And when I was at the Great Britain national team, I really started thinking that I want to take that next step to college football. And that's what I just aim to do from there. And it's not just, Jeff, it's not just football where he has to win. It's every card game we play as a family, <laughs> every board game. During lockdown, the first lockdown here in the UK, we had beautiful weather last spring. So we put up the table tennis table outside and we kept a score all through the summer. And we played for what we called in our family the Corona Cup. And of course, he <laughs> won it. Uh, but that's how it is all the time, competing all the time, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not just on the football field. I translate it to everything. I just have to well, I tell you what, don't lose that because that's going to that's gonna serve you well in life and it's going to serve you well on the football field. Neil, when he started to play, right, and he expressed to you that he wanted to be a quarterback. And now you've been around the game. You're working for the National Football League. And if you if you're a player and you had to realize this, if you're a player, the toughest place for a British kid to make his mark and to get looked at and be taken serious, you couldn't pick a worse position than quarterback. Right. Yeah, it was the hardest one. But I think I think we saw straight away he went to the Kent Exiles. He played a couple of practices at wide receiver, then moved very quickly over to quarterback. Um, his very first tournament, he was throwing touchdown passes left, right and centre. So I just thought, well, just let him have fun with it, right? It was a great learning experience to put the pads on. Um, but we, while we all kind of looked at it as a, you know, it was a great Sunday afternoon out for our family, we would all be there cheering George on. I think he genuinely did believe, I'm going to take this to Great Britain, I'm going to take it to the academy, and I'm going to take it to the, the level beyond as well. So for us all, it was kind of, just a fun weekend activity as a family. For George, it was a stepping stone. I think there was one season with the Exiles. I think it was his second season, uh, uh, kitted. Yeah. He threw 80 touchdowns and no interceptions in a season. And I thought, well, actually, if you're doing that, then you, sh you can maybe then work your way up from that. So um, it, you're right, though. I mean, and actually, even as we go through, if you want to talk about the process, you know, the process was difficult because – He's a quarterback, you know, and even the academy will feed him back to us at times. You know, this is the most difficult position to get recruited from. And, and somebody, uh, we had a Division One coach uh, out in California talk to George and say, if you think about, you know, America being a country of three or 400 million people and they give out, what, 100, 200 quarterback yeah. scholarships a year, you know, you'd be, you'd be better or you have a better chance of making it into the Premier League. So it kind of put it into perspective. We never discouraged him. He believed it and he worked for it. You know, I've seen him work for it and that's why he deserves it. See, I tell you, there's a great message in that too, I think, for fathers and sons, right? Because there are a lot of people, you, you guys, you know, I, I think, Neil, you have a sense of it, but Georgia, you may not have quite a sense of this yet, but there are a lot of young guys your age and younger and certainly the ones that are just gripping the flag ball for the first time that are looking at you now and it's like, whoa. I can do that, right? So it's incredible to me, Neil, that that is such a fine line to walk as a father because you want to be encouraging, but you don't want to see him get his heart broken. Did you ever have any of those moments where you thought, oh, my gosh? Well, we are on some calls where uh, they yeah. never called back, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was quite a few times where we'd be in good contact with school and then suddenly it would go quiet. But I think that's just uh, that's just the harshness of the process. It's like 
they, they can always find someone who they prefer to you. And you just got to take that, uh, take that in your stride and just move on to the next opportunity and keep working on it. Yeah. I think Jeff as well, you know, there, you're right. There's a, there's being supportive and there's being delusional, right. But then, you know, I am in a fortunate position to be able to share George's film. You know, George is getting great coaching at, at the Academy. And, and so we kind of, had been told, you know, you, you've watched this film from when he was 15, 16 years old. And, and you, I like the feet, I like the way the feet and the arm and everything comes to get, you know, you give him feedback. And so, you know, there was, we knew there was something there and we knew there was potential. And I think for George, probably when you got that three-star rating from Tom Lemming as well, that that kind of, it's validation as well, right? Yes, yeah, the validation is, it all works towards your ultimate goal. It just gives you that boost that you need. So, I've, I don't think I ever got down about things going quiet in certain recruiting places, but knowing that there's always someone looking at you saying, yeah, he is good enough, it really gives you that mental boost and you just keep working towards it. Well, I'm going to tell you that, that recruiting is maybe the most difficult thing a young athlete will go through because it is so up and down. It's so much... Like you say, you may hear from a coach today and he tells you how much he loves you. And then all of a sudden, it, 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 you never hear from him again. And the uncertainty of where you fit in, can you? all of it, really. Did it ever get to be a burden? Did it ever get to be hard? Did, it, did you ever think, man, oh, man, this is never going to work for me? It was, always, it was always hard. Like it was an everyday thing, sending out messages to coaches sending out emails, hand typing them and stuff. But it was never really a burden because it was always something that I wanted to do. So sitting down and doing it actively was like just like another thing that I do at the academy, like where I go work out and train and I enjoy that. This was something else I enjoyed because it's creating that next opportunity for me. So You have to be proactive though, right? Yeah, you have, you have to be proactive. It's like you can't just get a scholarship or you get an offer just from sitting back and hoping they reach out to you you got to be sending a film out every day. That's a great point both of you make because for the young guys out there and, and fathers out there, there are families out there that, are, that want to go through this same experience, want to have this same experience. You, you can't, I mean, it's like marketing. You've got to market yourself because it is so competitive. I mean, it's amazing. We got a couple, we got a couple uh, comments here I want to pass on to you. Dooney R says, best of luck, George. Look forward to watching your progress. Big Shows makes this comment. George looks like Neil 40 years ago. You love you really, Neil. <laughs> That's not good. I can't having that. Uh, and then here's one I think this is really cool. And this is, I think you're going to get more and more and more of this. All right. Meyer 93367732 says, long shot. But is there anywhere we can get University of Ottawa football on TV in the United Kingdom? So you, that, this is really, really cool. And I want let's go now to you to you, you get recruited by the University of Ottawa, which is one of the finest institutions academically in North America. It's in the nation's capital. You're going to play in Red Black Stadium, which is the Ottawa Red Blacks, the CFL franchise, and you're going to play in a game that is maybe certainly one of the best rival games in all of college football. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, when it all started, when, when it really, when coach Marcel got a hold of you for the first time, did, were you like Ottawa? What, uh, what's that? 
Yeah, it was it was college football in Canada was something I hadn't really heard of before, and it was it was like quite a limited uh, limited knowledge topic for me. But it was really like I started watching their film, and he started explaining to me what the program held, and just like hearing from him and a uh, couple of the other coaches, you really sort of got the idea of what the team was about and the uh, the the message they were portraying and what they're actually trying to build there. And it was it was so quick that I understood that it was a great program and great football. It was hard, Jeff, in a, in a way because you you almost you think about um, you know your traditional route to college football, and you think maybe you think America and and there were a lot of or some Division Two, there were some Division One offers that were kind of knocking about, and you know walk on offers, and then some Division Two things that were progressing. And as a family, I think we were always like, well. Ottawa's there and it just looks amazing, right? It's almost like that was that was outshining some of these other Yeah, it, and it wasn't just the football. It's like when I was researching the education and the actual university, great campus, it's in a great city. It's, I think it places top 150 in the world for education. So, like, it's it's just more, more than football. It's about the whole experience. And it just really looked like a good home for me. So, yeah, it, it just felt right. Well, I, I'm gonna tell you something that um, they play Carleton University, which is across town, right? Is is another university, another outstanding university in Ottawa, and they play a game called the Panda Game every year. And it is, I'm telling you now, you better get you, you better snap your chin strap twice, baby, because it's an intense, <laughs> intense game. Are you looking forward to, to competing in a game like that where there's going to all of a sudden you're going to go out there and there's going to be 25,000 people packed in that stadium and it's going to be like, you know, alumni. You, here's the difference, Georgie. These people have been long time, long time Carlton fans and long time Ottawa fans and there ain't much love lost between us like Michigan and Ohio State. Are you looking forward to playing in that kind of arena? Yeah, it is, it's funny you say that. I was actually – on the coach to training uh, today, I was watching the 2018 full game of the Panda game and the atmosphere there just looks amazing. The fans, the way they storm the field at the end of the game, it just, it, it really excites me. Like that's something I've always wanted to do, play in front of a crowd because you know you've got them on your backs when you're playing. It's like you're playing for not just the, what, 90 guys on your team, but you're playing for the thousands of fans as well. So that's always been something I wanted to do. And being in a big stadium, especially one that the Red Blacks play in, it's it's like you're sharing that field with, well, what you want the next step to be when I'm looking to the CFL. It's like, well, this is realistic. I can maybe get there one day. Well, I tell you, that's the other thing that, that a lot of fans don't realize, that the CFL has had a, started a global initiative. We're going to have six UK players in the global draft this year. Um, but for you as an athlete, because you go directly from the academy to U Sport, you will be you'll be evaluated, you'll be looked at as a Canadian when that when the draft comes. So it it really is a great decision for you because now you've got two professional leagues where you've created access and you've cre created a, a greater opportunity for you to go on and play professionally one day. Does that interest you at all? Yeah, hundred percent. It's like like I said, it's that ambition to always take it further. Like, I've got my place now. I'm not going to go there and be complacent, just sat on the bench. It's, I want to be the starter. I want to win games, win a championship, and then really just 
develop myself as a player so that I can get them opportunities to go into CFL. I know that there's been guys from Ottawa this year that have uh, been invited to the um, virtual draft uh, combines and stuff. So you can see that that platform they have where you play games there really is that stepping stone to the next level. Seems a great uh, opportunity to learn as well, Jeff. You'll know, you know, Coach Marcel, you work for him, you work with him. Um, I think he was really impressive, wasn't he? And everywhere we've, you know, I, I speak to journalists who cover the CFL or George gets on watching film with Coach Marcel. We've had talks with other schools where we he's described as an offensive genius. I mean, to have that, to be able to learn from is, is great. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. You just know that you're going to go there. And as a quarterback, it's the best thing knowing that you're playing under an offensive genius. It's like, I'm not just playing it, going out there and slinging the ball. I'm doing it for a purpose. I'm learning more about defenses, about offensive personnel, about about plays, coverages. And I just know I'm going to develop and keep getting better every day. All right. Now, uh, I want to encourage the fans. I, we've got some questions here. Get your questions in because we're going to take the last five minutes and we're going to let you fire them. Fire them at him, rapid fire, and uh, so either for Neil or George. But um, <clears throat> got a comment here from Chuck McBride, who is from Canada. He's one of our listeners that is from Canada. He said, would love to see him, and that'd be you, George, would love to see him as the starting quarterback on Tim Horton's field in the future. So you already got fans back there, Georgie. You, you, you're getting started good. But why he would like- I specify that that was George. We, why did you have to do that? Why do you need to specify? <laughs> oh, all right. But get your get your questions in, and, and uh, we'll uh, talk about this a little bit. Now, when you sit down with Marcel, and you're right, Marcel, Coach Coach Belfay, been a head coach in pro football, been an offensive coordinator in pro football. I mean, what a staff you got! You know, your defensive coordinator. Coach for the Green Bay Packers for two years. So you're talking about a really, really good football staff you're going to play for. When you looked at CFL football or Canadian football for the first time and you saw all those guys running around because everybody except the offensive lineman can be in motion at the line of scrimmage prior to the snap. Did, what was your first impression? Well, the first time I saw it was really me researching it. And when you should put on a YouTube clip or something – it's, it, it looks so confusing. It's like, how many guys can move? Why, why is there a 12th man on the field? Why is the field longer? Why is it wider? It's it just, you don't know how to understand it really. But once I sat down with Coach Marcel, he put the whole thing into context. He was like, well, look at it this way. There's going to be guys in this space, this space. And really, it's the same concept. And he really just made it understandable for me. And... To be honest, looking at it now, it's it. I know it's something that I can adapt to, and I just can't wait to get out there. To be honest. All right, now you, you mentioned you can't wait to get out there. When are you scared? When do you have to be there? When will you go out and uh, prior to training camp? Training camp starts in September, early September. So I'm going to be heading out mid to late August. Great. Are you looking for? I mean, obviously you're looking forward to it, but between now and then, what is the biggest thing you feel like you need to work on? I'm just, it's like, I'm still at the academy, so I'm working with Coach Jerome as much as I can, watching as much film of myself as I can, and really just getting as harsh and as critical on my form, on my reads as possible, just so that I go out there as well prepared as I can be. Awesome. You don't love to do his laundry, Jeff. 
Always got to work on between now and August. Hey, you know what? That's the one thing that it's not like you can come home on the weekend and mom can wash your socks, man. You But just rem- remember uh, that we're just down the road in Hamilton. So, and I am absolutely ecstatic about the fact McMaster University is right in Hamilton. Western Ontario is right down the road. Guelph is right down the road. I'm going to get a chance to see you play three or four times, I'll bet. Um, before we go to before we go to questions, uh, I'd like to ask each of you, and I think they're uh, obviously, like I said, parents and, and young guys out there, young women out there that would like to experience what you're, you're about to go through and have gone through so far. What advice would you give another young guy, George? I've always like when I when I've got been going through this process, it's always been on the back of my mind that there's going to be younger guys that want to do this, and I hope I'm an inspiration to them. And I just, to be honest, I hope and make it easier because I've it's really been trial and error for me. What what works, what doesn't work in recruiting, and I'm just hoping that it makes it easier for them. But the advice I would give them is be as smart as you can because that is one of the things that's helped me the most. It's, it's not just going out and throwing a football round on the field and hoping the guy catches it. It's really about learning the defences first and then coming back to offence, being able to work your uh, reads around the defence to make sure your guys are open. And then it really is just working on your technique as much as you can. Just try and perfect it. Try and just make sure you're accurate. You've got uh, good, quick thinking. and And then... It, the rest of it comes, you get under good coaching and you can start to develop, watch film of yourself, watch film of other players. I think I've always watched film of people like Andrew Luck. Yeah. And that's, that's always helped game. me because <clears throat> I try and model my game on them. So that's, that's the advice I'd give younger players. Hey, bro. No, because you don't want to be beaten up like Andrew Luck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to throw, how about you, Neil? What would you say to a father or family out there that, that wants to experience the same process? Uh, I think you've got to invest a lot of time as a family. I think you, you know, you've got to be prepared to sit in a lot of car parks. You've got to be prepared to eat a lot of motorway food when you're driving around. You know, we drive four hours up to Liverpool for a Great Britain camp. I sit at the Exiles practice. I'm sitting in the car park. George would go on a Sunday morning. Uh, do two hours with his quarterbacks coach before he'd then go for a two-hour practice with the rest of the team. So there's a, there's a lot of time you have to invest. Um, and I think you just – you don't give up. You keep, you keep picking them up. If you get a no or if, if certain recruiting avenues go quiet, what do you always tell me, Jeff? You only need one, right? You only need one of them to love you. And right. you, just keep, you just keep encouraging, keep picking them up. But, you know, the stuff we do as a family is just to – invest the time and just to be there for George, you know, the work's been done by him. Um, you know, his, his film that gets sent around, you know, you can, you can make that scene by people, but they've got to like the film, right? So it's, it's what he's put on tape that's got him to where he is. And um, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of hard work, a lot of investment, I think probably across the board, really. All right. We got one here, Colin Mahegan, and we're going to take some questions for the next seven minutes that we got you. Uh, Colin Mahegan, Fascinating interview. Best of luck, George. All right. Uh, Jonathan from the island of Kauai says, are you guys going to play U.S. or Canadian rules? Canadian rules. Uh, All right. Uh, Again, apart from football, what will you be studying, George? Uh, So I'm going to be taking a course in communications. 
All right. And when you say communications now, does that mean that you're going to follow in your father's footsteps? Are you the, are you the, are you the future voice of the NFL, the face of the NFL in, in the UK? Oh, is that borrowed time calling me? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's always an option. Like, it's, it's something that's on the back of my mind. It's like a good option to do. And to be honest, I know I'd be better than them. So, it's... so, so let me ask you a question. Seriously. Do you like go to your dad's office and like sit back in the chair and put your feet up on the desk and just tell him, Reynolds, your time's ticking because I'm going to be He's making the most of what he's got now. So. <laughs> hey, Jeff, when he takes over from me, that's me and you sitting in the rocking chair. That, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. Who's your sidekick going to be? Hey, uh, O'Toole Marion says, George, can you give us an idea of your training regime expected in college, camp, etc.? It's, it's going to be uh, very high intensity. It's going to be four practices, five practices a week, five, six days in the weight room, expected study hall, expected, expected film sessions. So it's going to be very busy, but that's what I'm looking forward to is every day. And that's really what I want to do. All right, uh, got another one here from Michael in Ireland, writes, George, genuinely wondering how COVID affected the prep for the next step, and how was it last year? Because you guys didn't even – that's what's really incredible about this thing to me, is you you didn't have any games. You, you went to the academy and never got a chance to get on the field as a team. Yeah, and that's that's been a big thing. Like, a lot of times that we have had no's from schools, it's been because you haven't had game film, and – they, they can't just trust training tape sometimes. But it's it's like I've always said to um, other people, it's like I try to control what I can control. Like going into a lockdown, I can't stop that. And there's nothing I can do about that. But I'll just go to the park with dad and throw a ball around and just work on what I can do. It's, it's like I can only do what I can do. <laughs> Talk about overcoming adversity. <laughs> Now, the reason that your father and I are laughing, howling with laughter, is not the fact that you're throwing a ball. But when when we would come in so many times, I'd come to the studio on Sundays, and your, da- your dad's hands would be beaten purple because you're throwing, you're throwing bullet passes at him across the garden in the backyard. I think I think he had like three broken fingers. He had to get his wedding. He had yeah. to get his wedding ring cut off because his finger was so swollen. He had a bruised chest and a broken nose. So I think it was successful overall. That's the investment, Jeff. I genuinely did have my wedding. My wedding ring got cut off and then had to be remade because it, my finger had swollen up so badly. Because I can't catch his passes. I mean, I try, and it, but it's it's fun to go out and try at least. But um, yeah, it's been been a good fun journey. But I think again the. You know, the lack of games was a – we talked to a lot of Division One coaches who said we just want that game film to kind of get it over the hump. We like the practice film. We just didn't have that game film. But, you know, there was enough stuff on the – what George put out there to, you know, to attract interest and to go somewhere where we're really all excited. Yeah. All right, Atlanta Falcons UK says you're really showing that there is a pathway and that the academy is 100%. I think that's that's a great, great statement. And young kids out there, get involved in the academy. I know they're having their, their uh, applications or tryouts right about now, so uh, get in there. Um, Dooney R says, has it been valuable having your dad and coach so involved in the NFL UK for experience? I've, yeah, 100%. It's like... 
it just meant I, I've grown up around sport the whole time. And it's just every chance I've got where I've been around pro players like Andrew Luck or Kirk Cousins, I've just been trying to pick their brains. And it really makes me smarter, makes me look at my own uh, technique and try to improve on that. So I feel like it's been a great help being able to be around the game for a long time and even just be a fan of it since, well, hmm. as young as I can remember, like when I was three or four, I was still throwing a football around. So, All right. Uh, we've got one more for each of you. All right. And this is Big Shows. Uh, it says, great to hear from you both. Best of luck over there, George. All right. So, And then I'm going to finish with one for your father because this one I think is absolutely awesome. Glenn Mogg says, and Glenn Mogg, I wish you'd have told me where you're from. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Scotland because that sounds like a Scottish thing to me. It says, Glenn Mogg says, How much will your dad cry after your first touchdown pass? Oh my god. <laughs> well, first one we're gonna cry when he gets on the plane. <laughs> then I'm gonna cry when he shows me the first picture in a uniform. Uh, and yes, I'm gonna probably cry like a girl as soon as he throws his first touchdown pass. We put a lot of George's highlights from the Kent Exiles or Great Britain. He's had to put music over them, right? I am screaming like a girl. <laughs> Honestly, the, touch, the first touchdown passes he threw to Great Britain, you thought I'd never seen a touchdown in my life. It was ridiculous. I'm telling the receiver to turn his head, even though I know he's going to turn his head. I'm telling him to run to the end zone, but I had to tell him every other yard, run. Run, run. I'm going to be, I'm honestly, I'm going to be annoying. It's probably good for George. I'll be 4,000 miles away. And hopefully watching every week on a live stream. I know that question came in. It's one of the questions I'm going to ask the university because I know a lot of people have asked that and we'll try and find out. Are you going to get a chance to get over there and see him at all? I mean, is there a possibility well, maybe on a bye week? So I'm trying to work out sort of flight time. So I'm wondering if they play in Ottawa on a Saturday lunchtime, either fly out of Montreal or fly out of New York. If I drive down to New York on a late Saturday night flight back for Sunday morning, straight into the studio. So, I mean, we're going to try Let's put it that way. We're going to try We can't leave them out there and not, not get to any games. All right. Well, listen, thank you so very, very much for spending a half an hour with us and taking questions. And, and really, I'm so unbelievably proud of you and happy for you. Thanks, you, Coach. It's an awesome deal. Yeah, it's really exciting. So I just can't wait to get out. All right, man. Thank you so much. And then again, we'll go have a wonderful evening and congratulations one more time. Cheers, Thanks, Coach. Cheers. Oh, man, was that great? <laughs> I love those guys. And I tell you what, it's good to see uh, it's good to see good things happen to good people because that young guy worked his tail off for that opportunity. And, and uh, you know, the chance to go back and play college football is going to be something. I, I wish every kid that play football could have a college football experience like I did and and uh, here I am 40 years later and still in contact with a bunch of guys I played with and uh, that, you know I think it's the best absolute best time of your life at college and and to be a college football player is really special